Hi, this is Jamie Job, and welcome to my podcast channel, Transforming Success in Hospitality, where I share my insights to help you maximize your results. Welcome. I wanted to share with you a topic today that I wanted to bring my team in on. We're talking today about auditing and the importance of data integrity. We're calling this session Audit or Fail, simply because the consequences of not auditing or maintaining your data are pretty high. And I'm bringing the best of the best in with me today, Susan Gergach and Angela Anderson on my team. And we are really excited to have our first webinar. And by the way, we're recording this in the middle of the pandemic and we miss you. We miss seeing you. So while we can't see you, you can see us and hopefully it it helps a little bit with this distance that we're all feeling right now. So today we wanted to talk about auditing and, and why that's important. We all should have standards and procedures and we have measures around auditing, but that typically tends to fall by the wayside, especially when we're busy and we're short-staffed and we just don't get around to making sure that the information that we're loading is correct. And the consequence of that is that when we need to get the information back out, we simply can't. We rely on the data as our uh, measurement and our map and our direction, and when we put bad data in, our our map is broken, it's wrong, we can't navigate, and our compass is broken. We wanted to share some thoughts about this. One of my best examples, and it's quite old now, but it's relevant always, was back at the beginning of 2008 when we were at the beginning of a financial crisis. And a large company that I worked with at that time was trying to figure out how much banking and finance business they had on the books and how much real estate business they had on the books because this pending economic change was coming. And so they really needed to know what their risk was. There was a friend of mine who was responsible for managing that database and he tried to run a report to show all of the data in the system that was related to banking and finance. And he used a standard field that they had required everyone to use called the SIC code or the standard industry code. And when he went to run that information, he got virtually nothing because while it was a standard, it had not been maintained. And so he really needed to know how much banking and finance business was on the books. And so he really just had to run a query listing all of the bank names that he could think of. And that was a really long way around and it was unnecessary. And I know we're at a different time now, but We are running into similar things here during this pandemic time of needing to know what type of corporate and group business we have on the books and, again, to understand our risk and where our business is coming from. So understanding where the business is coming from and how to measure it is really critical. So today, I just I think I'm going to pass it to Angela Anderson. Welcome. Thank you. And you are going to talk with us a little bit about standards. Yeah, so this is one of the ones that I, I I'm really passionate about. I absolutely love having standards so that people can easily know what they need to do when they in, go into Delphi or any of their systems, and they know what fields they have to fill out, and they really understand why it's important to fill out those fields. And the biggest reason is so that they can get data out of it or someone else can get the data out of it later. And I'm not having to go and individually ask every single sales manager, 
the information that's already in the system. So I really like to make sure that whatever you want to be able to get out of the system is clear and understandable for the users that are in there every single day. Having your SOPs that are very easy to understand, those are documents that tend to be pages and pages and pages long that no one reads. So I, you know, we really like to have very short, concise, easy to understand SOPs that everyone knows and knows where to find them, knows what's expected of them. And then later on, we can check to make sure that those procedures are being followed so that when we need that data, we can get it out of the system as cleanly as and quickly as possible. Absolutely. And I think you were going to talk a little bit about understanding lead volume. What did you want to share about that? Well, in times like this, people, you know, we're so short staffed and even in the best of times, people don't usually put every single lead into the system. And I find that especially now we need to put every piece of data that we have into the system and in it properly so that we know exactly what happened right now and comparing it to what happened in past years. And then now when it starts to get better or if it's not going to get better, if things are not picking up, if we don't have every lead in the system and every piece of data that we need in there, we're just not going to be able to have it. So if right now we're not getting very many leads But we can see that when it starts to pick up, we can go to the directors and say, you know what, we need to bring more people back to the hotel because we need, we look, look at how many leads I'm trying to deal with. I can't get back to these people. We need help. And if you don't have that data, you're just talking to them and people are scared right now and they're not going to make changes unless they have the data. So you really need to have everything that's possible into the system. That's perfect. And it is a little counterintuitive because right now so many people have lost staffing levels, at least for the moment, they're, they're down. And so the idea is, well, I don't have time to load all that information because yeah. I'm busy doing these other things. But the, the value of having it when you need it at your fingertips is, is worth the extra time that it takes you to load it for now. Yeah. And because you, it's not only lead volume, it's the type of business that's coming in. Is it different from what it was before? Is the time that you get the lead versus the time that it's supposed to arrive? Has that been changed? What exactly is changing? And we can't speak to that. We'll have, if you don't put the leads in the system and if they're not in there with the data that we need. Thank you. Susan, you had a great example about measuring revenue types. And do you want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it's kind of nice going and responding to your question after you guys have already spoken, because it gives me some really good things that I can kind of bring up too. And one of the things that I have to echo that Angela just said is having documented what we're asking of these sales managers and these sales teams to do and documenting it in a simple, concise way that they can print a one sheet and have it right on their desk so that they have maybe a screenshot and they know exactly where to document that information. Because really, if it's not in the sales system, it didn't happen and we can't report off of it and we can't make future business decisions. I worked with a client who I came on board and immediately was like, okay, we don't have a catering case. We don't understand how much catering business we have on the books. We don't understand how much revenue we book and it takes me hours and hours and hours to do it manually every month. So the first thing I'm always going to do is go into the system and I'm going to pull by revenue type because the system gives us these really great built-in ways to be able to track this information. And the number one issue glaring me in the face was that they weren't tracking that. 
they didn't have an understanding as a department of what banquet or catering was or what they wanted it to be. More that than them not understanding what it was, but what they wanted it to be for their specific property. And then they weren't asking the team to track it accordingly. So if somebody's saying to you, hey, what's my banquet budget per room? There's no way to calculate that information because we've never separated out group food and beverage versus catering food and beverage. So my first effort there was really to define what each of those meant for the property and also put them into play with the team. So that comes into a little bit of training for them. And then also setting up an audit around it so that we can check everybody on it and hold them accountable once a week or once every other week to say, okay, are the bookings that we're calling banquet really being filed under banquet so that we can get that information back out? It was a really simple fix in theory, but you're taking so much information and streamlining it into one field, which is just going to make your life so much easier for a bunch of different decisions you're going to have to make. Thank you. What do you think, Susan, we should do if we come up, we run one of those audits and we find some bookings that are entered incorrectly, who is responsible for fixing that in an ideal situation? This is like one of my favorite questions to answer. So I, in coming up, um, was trained as a sales manager that I was responsible for every single thing that went into that system. And I was working in 2008 when the last time we had an economic crisis and we didn't have a huge staff. And it was what I put in or didn't put in that mattered. So I'm a big believer that the sales team is exactly who's held accountable for that information. And I'm a big believer that those audits get run once a week or once every other week, whatever works, and they get sent out to the team and they're discussed at sales meetings or one-on-ones or however you wanna do it. But really, if the sales team is relying on that information to track their booking and then potentially receive a bonus for it or to receive repeat clients or however that works out, then they're responsible for that information. Perfect. Thank you both. Well, as you can see, we are really passionate about data integrity. It's We're kind of geeks about it and we love it. We think it's critical and important and we encourage anybody that we work with to audit their system and to measure what's in it. And just a few takeaways for you today. First of all, make sure that you have clear standards and SOPs documented that your team has reference to. Second, you want to measure what your what your team is putting in. So it doesn't really do you any good to have standards if you're not measuring to make sure that they're they're followed. And we gave you several examples of where we saw that as the failure of the measurement. And then finally, hold your teams accountable for the information that they put in the system. You can't rely on one person just to be the per- the keeper of the data. Each person needs to be responsible for the information that they enter. That's what we wanted to share with you today. If you have any challenges around this or questions or you need our help or you just want to chat, please reach out. We're here. We'd love to talk to you and be of any assistance we can during these crazy days and happy auditing. You've been listening to Transforming Success in Hospitality with me, Jamie Job. For more information, visit my website at jamiejobe.com and thanks for listening.